Luke chapter 2, verse 25, the Bible says, if you'll read silently while I read aloud, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the Parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took he him into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the Lord, thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. And thank you already. For being ministered to through the song, through the orchestra, or through the narration, through the fellowship, through the giving, or through the teaching of your word in Sunday school, and of course already the 830 service. And we come to you today knowing that we're nothing and you're everything. We come to you wanting to hear from you, wanting to learn how to see the light in the darkness we live in. Thank you for those who are helping out with the children, the nursery, and the children's department so we can... Focus more on you, and they can learn what on their level. Thank you for the junior high upstairs. Thank you for all those who are online tuning in. Lord, I'm sure they would love to be here if they could. May they know they're cared for and appreciated. Lord, I pray that you'll open up our hearts to your word today. May you help me to get out of the way. Lord, I, I'm just a vessel that can get in the way. I, I really want you to flow through me. And may your word be preached how you want it to. And your word is powerful. We know that. Well, we give you all the glory for that. And be with those this morning who are afflicted and are hurting, or not just physically, but maybe spiritually, mentally, and going through some difficult times, emotionally. I pray you'll just wrap your arms around us all. May we hear from you today. We'll give you all the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Years ago, there was a little boy. He was waiting for his mother at the grocery store, and it seemed like it was a long wait. And a gentleman came up to him and said, Son, can you tell me where the post office is? The little boy replied, Of course. It's right down the street. You go a couple blocks and then turn to your right. It's right there. The man thanked the boy kindly and said, I'm the new pastor in town and I'd like for you to come to church on Sunday. I'll show you how to get to heaven. The little boy giggled a little bit and chuckled. He said, oh, come on. You don't even know the way to the post office. (laughs) And you know, perhaps maybe Simeon felt that way. For years, they've been promised the Messiah. Keep in mind that the page between the Old Testament and the New Testament is simply one page, but it's really 400 years of oppression. The children of Israel have struggled, not a lot of hope, and just waiting for one day, when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, would come. Of course, we see he's a remnant. He's just. He's been declared righteous. He's devout. There's an outflowing of righteousness in him. But his situation is not favorable. He's waiting in darkness, the Bible says in verse 25. Reminds me of what you and I and most of us are waiting for today. Hallmark Movies and its sister channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, will have 24-7 Christmas programming for the month of December. 
and both channels combined will feature 40 new Christmas films just this year. Why, you may ask? Because many are looking for hope in our dark world today. What does it mean to wait in darkness? Why can so many relate to Simeon? How is it to have a light inside that compensates an eternal darkness that we walk in every day of the year? Is God silent in your life right now? And maybe you're asking the question, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? The psalmist, he speaks of darkness, which shows me probably most of us, if not all of us, from time to time have faced darkness. And he says in Psalms 88, verse 1, it should be there in your handout, it will be on the screen as well, O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee, incline thine ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh into the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Verse 6, thou hast laid me in the lowest pit and darkness in the deeps. And here we have a psalmist who is faced with darkness. His only real friend. And darkness is real. But may I say this morning, so is light. Light is also real. And the Christmas story reframes our darkness. Well, how does it do that? Well, first of all, I want us to see three ways that darkness is realistic in our lives. But then I want to give us five ways how darkness can actually be turned into light in our lives. So number one, if you're writing this morning, we see darkness seems long. Darkness seems long. Luke 2, verse 25, it says, And behold, that word behold is intended to convey a delighted sense of surprise and pleasure. The word behold here is perhaps setting the tune for an amazing Truly righteous man was so hard to find in an area where there was so much self-righteous. There was so much spiritual darkness. There was those who are living profane, unconverted lives. The Bible says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Simeon simply means God hears or God has heard or God is listening. Simeon, no doubt, was a man who listened. But he also was looking for the Savior. He was listening for the light. The Bible says the same man was just and devout. How quickly can we skim over those words? He was just and devout. What's the big deal? Well, to be just and devout and be known by that is a lifetime of cultivation. It does not just happen. Someone doesn't tell you you're just and you're devout by accident. It's something that happens for a while. You know someone who's just. You can tell there's something different about them. Yesterday in the men's breakfast, uh, we were talking about a particular verse in Proverbs. And uh, Brother Mutchler was leading and he said, uh, by the way, I'm sure he doesn't want me to He didn't ask for me to share this. I I just was touched by it. He said, I've read through the Bible at least 130 times. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I couldn't help but think, there's a reason why 
He is just and devout. There's a reason why many of you, people would look at and say, what a great Christian. This church is full of great Christians. Why? Because it's men and women who have a love for God's word. They have a desire to want to know God. They want to be close to God. They want to spend time with God in prayer and scripture. And Simeon was a Jewish man who was a part of the believing remnant. And his actions and attitude was daily looking for his Messiah. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, Paul admonishes us, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Aren't you thankful this morning that our labor is not in vain? We should be always abounding. It should be a part of our life, wanting to become closer to God. Spurgeon says this about Simeon being just and devout. He said the combination is actually a complete character. He's just towards men, and he's devout toward his God. The biography for any one of us, could you imagine if that was said for you and me? Our name, you put your name in there. Our business, waiting for the constellation of Israel, waiting for God. Our character, he's just and devout. Our companionship, he was closest to one person. The Holy Ghost was upon him. So there's something about Simeon. He's waiting for, listening for the light. We also learn that if God is your Savior, you can never be abandoned. Even though it seems like in the world you shall have tribulation, as Jesus tells you. But if you become a Christian for your life to be better, in the long run it can be. But in the short run, it actually can seem harder at times. And maybe you've experienced that as a young Christian. Maybe you're a newer convert and you're trying to get to know God and you're trying to do right, you're trying to put Christ first and there's still difficult seasons in your life. Why? Because there's sin amongst us. But in the long run, the Christian life is so much better than living for ourselves. And so we see this man listened for the light, but he also looked for the light. The Bible says that Simeon was eagerly, daily waiting The Bible says he was waiting. That's in the present tense. I'm not great at English or grammar. I I try. But I do know this much about the present tense. It is a continual thing. This is something he looked forward to on a daily basis, waiting for time with his God and to be able to hear from his God. And are you looking for him? Oftentimes we can get trapped into looking at temporal things, can we not? The visible things. 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <clears throat> we look at this passing world, and by the way, John tells us in 1 John 2.17 that this world is just going to pass away. It's not going to last. It's not going to be forever. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But what does abide forever? The Bible says, He that doeth, the will of God abideth forever. Though nice things, uh, temporal things here on earth are nice, and as we get ready for the Christmas season and want to know what to get someone and trying to get that Christmas list, and all those are nice, but those are just temporary. 
One thing that will last forever is the will of God. And Simeon understood that. John 14, verse 6, he had learned to rely on the empowering of the Holy Spirit, which will point us to Christ. He shall glorify me, the Bible says, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Therefore, as one man said, expectant looking is the antidote for apathetic living. Expectant looking is the antidote for apathetic living. Perhaps I've shared this before, but I remember one particular day, my parents were on a date and my brother, Nathan, was in charge of us, four kids at the time. And uh, one particular rule was no balls in the house. But when mom and dad are gone, what happened? A football came out. We had a long living room. And it was a perfect football field. There was this little archway in the middle that was like the halfway point. It's like midfield. Man, we are going to town. And we lived back in the country on a gravel road where if someone came down the road, you went to go see who was coming. That's how few people used our road. And my sister Nicole, she was designated watcher. We knew we were doing wrong. But she was supposed to be watching. Man, the game was close. This was going to be the last down because mom and dad are coming. Where we were, we're ready. Looked at Nicole. Thumbs up. And then it got kind of interesting. We started fighting over the ball. Things were going crazy. Finally, that last touchdown was thrown. It was tipped by my brother, of course. If he wouldn't have tipped it, it would have been secured. And we would have won. But because he tipped it, it hit the lamp. came crashing down. And somewhere in that final play, my sister had taken her eyes off the road. And once you know it, I'm telling the truth. As soon as that door opened, that lamp crashed. Boom. And the rest is history. I will not disclose what happened after that. (laughs) What are you saying, Pastor Justin? I'm simply saying, expectant looking is the antidote for apathetic living. Are you growing apathetic in your Christian walk? It may be because you stopped looking for the Savior. But that wasn't Simeon, as we saw earlier. Simeon and Anna in the temple. They were busy about their task. Looking, listening for the Savior. Psalms 130, verse 6. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. They were anticipating. They were waiting They couldn't wait for God to come back. And so we see, first of all, Simeon shows us that darkness can seem long. It's been a long time. We don't know Simeon's age. People have tried to guess. No doubt he was elderly. But darkness has seemed long. But also, number two, I want us to see that darkness teaches us about the light. Darkness teaches us about the light. In fact, it teaches us about the light of God's grace. The Bible says in verse 26, it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death for he had seen the Lord's Christ. In fact, before Simon had get, Simeon got to meet Jesus in the flesh, he got to hear from the Holy Ghost. Part of the Trinity, part, he got to hear from God 
through the Holy Ghost, revealed. Now, what did that word revealed mean? Well, we don't know exactly how it was revealed to him. But we know that his, this truth is pointing to Jesus. The Bible says in John fourteen seventeen, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he, ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We see the Holy Ghost was there to help Simeon. By the way, he's there in our life if you're a child of God. Luke describes the Spirit was upon him in verse 25. In fact, three different times in this short scripture, Simeon had the Holy Spirit in his life. And may I say, we shouldn't just be indwelt with the Spirit, but we should be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. How does that happen? By not grieving and not quenching. Spending time with God, allowing Him to work in our life, being sensitive to His nudging, submitting to His will. Marvin Vincent said, The word revealed implies that the revelation was through answer to prayer. And may I say this morning, to walk by the Spirit means to depend on Him. How do we consciously depend upon God on a daily basis? Well, here's just four ways. There's many more. Depend on Him to resist temptation. What does Paul says? Uh, My spirit is weak. Flesh is real. It's, It's like a battle. We need to ask him for insight into his word. When's the last time you prayed before you read the Bible that the Holy Spirit would help you learn something from his word? We need to rely on him for the right attitude in the midst of trials. May I say that's one of the hardest things to do is having a good attitude even in the midst of trials. And then seek him for wisdom and difficult decisions. When's the last time you sought God's help and, 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 and his wisdom when you are faced with a difficult decision. And so we see the Holy Spirit wants to help us on a daily basis. Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. How? By accident? By your own power? No, 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 no. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how we remain hopeful. A woman approached the minister after the sermon and thanked him for his discourse. She said, I found it so helpful. The minister said, well, I hope it will prove as not as helpful as the last sermon you heard me preach. The woman was astonished and said, what do you mean? Why don't you want it to be as helpful as the last message? He said, because it was so good, I haven't seen you for three months. You know. In other words, having a walk with God is a daily walk. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes intentionality, it takes putting things out of our mind and the busyness of this world and saying, no, no, this is some time I'm going to carve out to spend time with Jesus Christ. This shows us God's grace. Aren't you thankful that God's riches were at Christ's expense? God's grace is undeserved favor. It's the resource to fill every gap, every weakness, and every need in our life. Darkness may hide me from God, but it can never hide me from God. You say, what is, how does, that doesn't make sense. Darkness can hide me from seeing God, but darkness will not hide me from God seeing me. The best way I can illustrate this is something I've said often, and perhaps you've heard it before, 
but there was a fire in a home. It was a ranch-style home, and they were in the upstairs. A dad grabbed the son, and they opened the window, and they jumped through the window out onto the, the roof there. It wasn't too steep, and they got to the edge, and the dad said, Son, I'm going to jump down. The smoke and everything was billowing up. He goes, When I jump down, I'll yell for you to jump, and I'll catch you. The boy said, Okay, Dad. The dad jumped down and secured himself and said, All right, son. He says, You need to jump. The boy looked around, he saw the smoke, and he saw the heat coming out, and, and he was just scared as could be. And he says, Dad, he says, I, I can't jump. He says, why not? He says, because I can't see you, Dad. The dad looked up and said, Son, you can't see me, but I can see you, and that's all that matters. And folks, doesn't the darkness, the smoke of life, sometimes keeps us from God? We can't see him. We can't see his working. We can't see his touching. We can't see his leading. We can't see him working things out. But God says, hey, it doesn't matter. I can see you, and that's all that matters. May we jump into God's arms. May we trust him with our life. The psalmist says this in Psalms 139, verse 7. Perhaps maybe the smoke was billowing around him. Perhaps the darkness was billowing around him. And he says this, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? He says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thy works, that thy my soul knoweth right well. You know what the psalmist was saying? I've tried to say that I can't see you, God. I've described everything, and I've described everywhere, and I've described every situation, and everywhere I go, you're always there. Why is that? Because our God is a sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. And I'm thankful today that even though darkness can seem long and darkness also teaches us about the light, we actually get to experience God's grace even more so in the times of darkness. And then last of all this morning, if you're writing, darkness develops long-suffering. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a fruit of the Spirit that I have struggled with in my life. Suffering long. Being willing to put up with things and deal with things that God has chosen to put in my life. And there's been many times in my life where I've asked God, why? Many years as a church planner and never seeming to make the progress that I thought would happen and not seeing what God was doing. And God, what are you doing? And then years later, see, oh, it's all making sense. It's all coming together now. And then moving up to Oregon and saying, God, what are you doing? And giving it to God and seeing God do things and putting things together. And I remember as a little farm boy on the hill and picking tomatoes and pulling weeds and tying those tomatoes and working, thinking, God, could you ever use me? Someone who stutters. Someone who hates getting in front of people. I just don't know, God, how you could ever use me. And God says, will you just be faithful and trust me every step of the way? And church, I want to continue to encourage you that darkness, trials, hard times, difficulty, things where God has put you, teaches you 
about his long suffering. And so we see it in verse number 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, once again, Simeon is just doing what he's supposed to be doing every day. He's just trusting God. He's just serving him. He has no idea today's going to be the day. The Bible says, And he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, I don't know if the Holy Spirit at that time told him. I don't know if because Joseph and Mary said this is our son Jesus. I don't know exactly how Simeon knew. I have a feeling he was told maybe by the Holy Spirit or maybe he was led that this is the Messiah. But when he takes him in his arms and bless God, he said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou preparest before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. John Gill says, The Spirit moved upon him, it influenced, it directed him to go hither at that very time. Could you imagine as Simeon has submitted to his father's will? He's submitted to the Holy Spirit's leading. He was led by the Spirit, Warren Worsby said, and taught by the Word, and his heart was focused wholly on seeing the Savior. Can we find a better example to follow? Verse 29, Simeon says, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. We see the bondservant was dulios in the Greek of God, a man who had surrendered wholly to his master's will and was wholly devoted to him. In fact, he disregarded his own interest and even his own life. Simeon was basically saying, I'm a bondservant. Lord, I'm submitted to you. And we see even through darkness, he has developed long-suffering. So when does light come into Simeon's darkness? When did he rediscover hope in a dark world? What about you? When will light come in? Well, I think of five ways that we can discover light this morning. As we wrap things up in the next few minutes, number one, we see understanding, as Simeon did, God's purpose in our lives. The Bible says when the parents brought in. It's been 41 days after the birth of Jesus. You see, purification took 40 days. They had to wait for at least 40 days to take the baby into the temple. They bring him in on the 41st day. They didn't waste time. As soon as they were able to, they come. The ceremonial uncleanliness of deliverance of her firstborn, they're going to burn an offering at the temple. It was going to be a ceremonial thing. The day after she was able to, they were there. And at that same moment, Simeon came. We see God's purpose in our lives. And God does deep work in dark places. The deeper the darkness in your life, the greater the rescue. God had a great plan. It took 400 years to unfold. But now the time has come. May I say today, when we understand that God has a purpose in our lives then we can experience the light of Christ. Second of all, God's plan in our lives. When there is darkness in your life, God has a plan. Could you imagine? Simeon's experienced darkness for years. Now he understands not just the purpose, but God's plan. Psalms 91 verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. God told Cyrus, 
The great king, Persian king, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, and the God of Israel. You understand God has a purpose in your life. He has a plan in your life. He may lead you into darkness to lead you to a greater light. Someone who is strong has experienced struggles to get stronger. And some of you, that's your life. You've been in darkness. You've been struggling. God, why are you doing this to me? God's leading you to a greater light. John 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The closer we get to the Lord, the less we experience the darkness. John twelve forty six. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And I'm thankful today that when you understand this and you accept Christ as your personal Savior, peace floods the soul when Christ rules the heart in your life. Do you remember the day when you were in need of a Savior? Do you remember the day when you realized you were a sinner? I was a 10-year-old boy. I wasn't probably, as some would categorize, the worst possible person in all the world. But I did know that I was wrong. I did wrong. I disobeyed my parents. From time to time, I had stirred up my, child, my siblings to fight and argue with me. You know. I know I'd probably taken a quarter or a dollar off the dresser when I shouldn't have. That wasn't mine. I had known I'd done wrong. And I needed Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages, the penalty of that sin is death and hell. And I knew that I needed a Savior. And I'm thankful when I understood that the gift of God is eternal life. That gift was God giving His only begotten Son, Jesus, to come. If you'll believe on Him, the Bible says, if you confess your sin, if you'll accept His free gift of salvation, He will save you. I'll never forget the day I gave my life to Christ and it changed my life forever. Have you accepted Christ this morning? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Do you believe that Jesus would do that for you? May you respond to that this morning. We see when you understand his plan, his purpose, when you also see his perfect timing, when the parents brought and the child, it reflects the absolute sovereign control that God had on this situation. Simeon could have been sick that day. Simeon could have... But in another part of the temple, Simeon uh, could not have showed up, but he did at the right time when his parents brought in the children. I may I say today, God is also at work in your heart and mine. Why are we so fearful of keeping in step, step with the Spirit, as one person said? After all, he desires only our ultimate good and God's great glory. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit. We see that Simeon was definitely guided by the Holy Spirit. And then we see, number four, God's permeating in our lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, Paul says. Then you won't do what your sin nature craves. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And may I say we all need a little light. We all need a little hope. It reminds me of the story of an old gentleman he was, Charles Eliot was his name. He was the president emeritus of Harvard University. And during the summer of his 90th year, he made his way slowly down the road from his cottage in northeast Maine, 
Harbor, Maine was the city. And he went down to a little cottage of a young couple who lived there, the Peabody's. He knocked on the door and Mrs. Peabody greeted him and says, Come on in, how may I help you? After a brief conversation, Elliot said, Can I hold your little baby? Of course, the young lady thought, Oh, this is great, this distinguished gentleman who's done so much for the Lord. Of course, you can hold our baby. Charles Elliot held that baby for a few minutes. And then without a word, gave her back the boy. And he said this, I have been looking at the end of life for so long that I wanted to look for a few moments at its beginning. You see, don't we all need hope? Especially even in old age. But also at other points in life. Maybe you need hope right now. Maybe you're going through a financial thing or a physical thing or a relationship thing, or a spiritual thing, or an emotional thing. You're dealing with something. I mean, I say today, one of the blessings that come along with the little ones God entrusts is hope. Number five, we see last of all, Simeon shows us the light comes in the darkness by God's peace in our life. Matthew Henry says, Simeon bids farewell to this world. How poor does this world look to one that has Christ in his arms and salvation in his view. Can you imagine as Simeon says, I'm at peace now. I have everything I need, God. Matthew Henry said that, and then Charles Wesley says this, I rest beneath the almighty shade, my griefs expire, my troubles cease. Thou, Lord, on whom my soul is stayed, will keep me still and perfect peace. Are you at peace with God? Adoniram Judson the great missionary who served from 1788 to 1850. He was a great missionary to Burma. In fact, hundreds were privileged by Adam Justin to see come to Christ. He was in broken health. And on his way back on the voyage of the ship, a group of people came around him as he said this last phrase. He said, I go with the gladness of a boy bounding away from school. I feel so strong in Christ. That, my dear friend, is someone who's at peace with God. So what is our response this morning to light? What is your response? What is mine? Well, there's just two that I see. First of all, if you are a Christian, going through darkness, do not despair. Aren't you thankful that at the end of time, Jesus will banish darkness forever? I'm reminded of Revelation 21, verse 23. And the city hath no light, no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie. But they which are written... And the land's book of life. One day you and I will experience no darkness. Revelation 22.5 There shall be no night there, neither, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Jesus went to darkness and absorbed the darkness of sin for you and me. Remember the story? Is there on the cross? Darkness comes over. He's absorbing all the sin of mankind. In fact, 
Jesus experienced darkness as his only friend, so you and your darkness can know that Jesus is still your friend. See, Jesus experienced all the darkness. Why? He absorbed it all. So that you and your darkness know you have a friend, Jesus Christ. He was truly abandoned so that you could only have to feel abandoned, not truly be abandoned. So my question today, if you are a Christian going through darkness, do not despair. But second of all, if you've never put your faith and trust in God as your Savior, this is your moment. May I encourage you to do it today? Psalms 18 verse 28 says, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Jesus wants to light your candle today if you're in darkness. Will you come to faith in Christ? Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Today there may be someone here that does not know for sure they're going to heaven. Maybe you're in darkness. Your candle has never been lit, if you will. You've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe today you learned what Jesus did for you. He came to earth, was born in a manger, was willing to live amongst men for 33 years, was then brutally beaten and nailed to a cross and shed his blood for one reason, to pay for your sin and my sin. Do you realize this morning Jesus Christ did that for you? And Jesus Christ did that for me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor Justin, that's me today. I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to accept Him. I want to become a child of God. I I want to experience light from Christ. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me? If that's you this morning, will you slip up your hand today? I want to pray for you. Anybody that would say, Pastor Justin, I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I'll be honest with you. I've been despaired a little bit in darkness. Uh, I I haven't seen God's purpose. I haven't seen his plan. I haven't experienced his perfect timing. And I haven't seen his permeating. And I haven't been at peace yet. But I realize today that if I'll just trust him, that will come. Pastor Justin, will you pray for me today as I'm in some dark things in my life? Will you pray for me? That you will slip your hand. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I'm dealing with a physical need. Spiritual need, emotional need, a relationship thing, uh, something. And I'm just overwhelmed right now. I'm burdened. I'm going through something. Will you pray for me if that shoe will slip your hand? God bless you. I see those hands all over. May I encourage you to give it to God. He wants to help you through that. We as a church want to help pray, help, help you whatever we can. Maybe I encourage you today to respond to the messages God would have you to. Lord, you saw the hands. You know the hearts. I pray you'll bless this time of invitation. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for Simeon and what he shows us. Thank you for someone who was willing to endure the darkness even though it seemed long. Thank you that you allowed him to let the darkness teach us about the light and your grace. Thank you that we saw how darkness teaches long-suffering as we learn about your plan as we learn about your purpose, as we learn about your perfect timing, your permeating, and your peace in our lives. Lord, may you help us as we grow today with your light. And you help us in the darkness we're in, those troubling things, those difficulties, those frustrations, those things that are getting us down. 
and may we give it to you. Lord, so many raise their hand as they're going through something right now. And I pray you'll help them today. Lord, give them the courage to go day by day. And with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my Savior here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I have no cause for worry or for fear. Or may we give it to you today. We sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand to your feet. The piano is going to play. At this time, we have what's called an invitation time. The altar's open. This is for those who would like to make a decision. Maybe the Lord's touched your heart today. Maybe you'd like to follow the Lord in baptism. A baptism is an outward expression of your inward decision of accepting Christ, publicly showing your dedication to Christ, obedience to Him. Maybe you'd like to join the church. As long as you've been saved and baptized, we'd love to talk to you about that. May I encourage you to do the decision that God would have you do today. Respond as God would have you to. As the piano plays, several have come forward already. May I encourage you to do what God would have you do today. God bless you. Oh, let's play through one more time, okay? A minute or two and just spend some time in prayer. Pray for those who would like to make a decision maybe or maybe that God's working in their heart. And I encourage you to just take another minute or two there as a piano plays. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your love for the Lord. And what a blessing as guests. We're so glad you came. Thank you for being here, returning guests. Uh, Steve and Cindy Bolkin have come forward. Uh, Steve and Cindy have been coming for 
well, about a year now. Uh, of course, um, they've been able to do discipleship, and they finished. And Cindy um, wants to follow it in baptism this morning. And then Steve and Cindy, upon Cindy's baptism, want to join the church. And so we're so excited about that. And so they're getting ready at this time. And uh, I'll see you. Oh, there's Steve. Raise your hand, Steve. God bless you. And as soon as Cindy uh, has followed in baptism, we'll go ahead and vote them in. And uh, we're excited about that. I do want to just share with you, I encourage you to uh, invite someone to come with you next week. It will be a, a unique service. If you've never been a part of one of our productions, uh, I, I promise you, you, you'll be so glad you're here. You'll be fed uh, spiritually through song, narration, and there will be a message, of course, and then um, a, a Sunday school time as well. And I want to encourage you to invite someone to come either with you on Friday or Sunday. The gospel will be uh, clearly um, shared. And so we're looking forward to that. Thank you once again for all those who help out and uh, who serve in some way or form or fashion to make that happen. At this time, we have some uh, upcoming events. We're going to show a video, and then we'll watch uh, Cindy get baptized. Seniors, don't miss our upcoming activities for the Best Years Club. The White Elephant Christmas Party will be held on Saturday, December 9th at 2 p.m. Bring some food to share and a $10 gift to exchange. Also, don't miss the bus to PIR Christmas lights on Thursday, December 14th. We'll leave the church at 5 p.m. on our new 48-passenger shuttle bus. We will sing carols, wear Christmas sweaters, and dinner will be provided. The cost is $10 per person. You can sign up for this and all other Best Years Club activities on the sign-up sheet at the welcome desk. Don't miss the musical Christmas program, Love Was Born a King, on Friday, December 8th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 10th at 11 a.m. This musical program features full orchestra, as well as our adult teens and children's choirs. Join us for this special time of Christ-centered music for the whole family. Please note that our connection groups will only meet from 10 to 10.30 a.m. to facilitate the program schedule on this special day. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Cindy, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? I have. Praise the Lord. Upon a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection.
Uh, God bless you, Cindy. We're so excited for you. I know this was a huge step of faith. We're so happy for you. All in favor of Steve and Cindy. They've uh, been to our church, of course, for many months now, and they've gone through Starting Point and now Discipleship, and now they've been saved and baptized. All in favor, say aye. All right. Welcome to the family, Steve we're, and Cindy. We're so excited to be serving the Lord together. And let's give them a hand. And God bless you. Uh, this time, uh, Brother Cameron's going to come and dismiss us in a word of prayer. And let's pray together. Father, we love you so, so much. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. Thank you for showing us your light as you spread it around the world. Lord, would you use this season of Christmas time, a uh, season of giving, and would you enlighten within us uh, your power and your grace? Lord, would you move us in a special way to be a light to our community, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our families? And God, would you embolden us to be witnesses for you everywhere we go? In Jesus' name, amen.